I'm never satisfied with my results. I always expect more from myself. And that's what I think investors should do if they want to reach the pinnacle of their success. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project or if it's not profitable you need to know that too and make a determination on the max purchase price super important you can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever get that free analysis tool fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever best ever listeners welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm joe fairless this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast and we don't get any fluffy stuff so we're going to get going right now how you doing amir solomon hi how are you i'm doing well my friend nice to have you on the show a little bit about amir he is the acquisitions director at Clear Vision Investments. He's flipped 37 homes in 2015 with a gross income of $423,000. On track to flip 52 homes in 2016 as we wrap up the year, which is about, quick math, one home per week. Based in Irvine, California, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. So most of those homes were all wholesale deals. About six of them I flipped actually doing the work. I started in 2014. I pretty much got mentored throughout that whole year. I found out about real estate in the beginning of 2014. And pretty much all I did was collect investors on one list, collect wholesalers on another list, and tried to link them together. And in the beginning of 2014, I linked two of them together, made two deals happen. And the second one I closed, I pretty much joined their team in acquisitions and learned about this industry of wholesaling all 2014. And in 2015, I opened my own company, which is Clear Vision Investments. And I used the strategies that I learned in 2014 to pretty much take over this industry of wholesaling over here. I'm one of the top wholesalers in Southern California right now. I have investor lists of over 500 people, which are all investors, and I consult 12 of those investors directly. So that's where most of my business comes from in 2015 and 16, is supplying investments for those 12 investors. You consult them directly. What does that mean exactly? 
I handle their acquisitions. All 12 of them are high level investors, meaning they buy up to one property a month. So I handle all their acquisitions. I'm going to put them in line. I know their acquisition amounts. I know their areas that they work in. And I pretty much supply them with a property a month. So that's what helps me clear five to 10 properties every month. That's the focus I do. And I cherry pick the best ones for myself, pretty much. That's what I do. The 12 investors, let's think about the top three of those 12. How'd you meet those three? Well, the first one, let's just talk about him. He's a high level investor and was looking for investments. And I linked him when I was being mentored in 2014. I had found him a deal through that investment group that I was working with. And from there, it's all about relationships. I built a relationship with this man. I called him all the time. I made sure he was sufficient. I sat down, I met with him, and I offered him something. I offered him a flat rate for every acquisition I gave him of $5,000, which was really great. And then he, in turn, taught me the art of negotiations. So we pretty much helped each other, which he helped me negotiate these deals down that I found for him, and I just made a flat rate. In that year of 2015, he bought 15 of those properties that I sold, 37. That was my main guy. And today I still sell him properties. And actually, I partner with him on some of these investments. So that's how I do flips. Okay, so you met him through the previous company you're at. What about the other two? The other two, I just duplicated the efforts. It's all about relationships to me. I just pretty much will give up money to build a relationship Mm -hmm. or sacrifice money. But how did you meet them? Pretty much online. Marketing deals will get you investors. And if you market them through all the channels, new investors come to you. Pretty much just marketing deals on Craigslist, all the websites that are available, like Bigger Pockets and My House Deals. Okay. If you can picture either one of those two individuals, do you remember specifically how you got in contact with them? And the reason I ask is just to share lessons for others who are looking for investors who are ready to pull the trigger if they're a wholesaler. That's right. So tell me this, are the best ever listeners, majority of them, investors already or beginner investors? Spans, my friend. We've got listeners who are wholesalers, who are wanting to wholesale, who are apartment investors, lenders, passive investors all across the board. Well, investors are everywhere. If you market properties or you actually just type into Google, investment firms, investment companies, investment LLCs, hundreds will come up and then put your city behind it or your zip code or whatever and call people. That's how I met with this one guy. His name is Freddie. He is a good guy. And all you have to do is build relationships. These guys are everywhere looking for properties. So when you market properties, people will come to those properties. You have to shake their hand and call them the next day and build a relationship and offer them something that is more valuable than anything else. Offer them something. And if you don't offer, you're never going to get the answer. So what I did was offer my services and I got the A-OK and I just duplicated that to get the next 11. Okay. So you found the other 11 by posting an ad on Craigslist or some other website and they responded and then as a result you built a relationship from there is that correct 
Exactly. Starts with the email and starts with marketing properties. Once they contact you and they want to view a property that I marketed to them, then the meeting happens. And then after that meeting, there's a correspondence. You have to reconnect with them. You have to find out what their needs are. Then you have to supply that need. Then the relationship starts by giving them a property, making them some money, letting that property sell. You've got a relationship. But then you have to reconnect, get them another one with the money they made from the first one that you got them. And then it's a continual cycle. And if, then if you have high volume investors, which I focus on, they're buying four a month because they're doing many projects. So that's how we stay so busy. We just connect with those guys and whatever they don't want, we'll work with the majority of other wholesalers in town. And we can always sell whatever property we have under contract. How'd you find the last property that you ended up wholesaling? The last property I ended up wholesaling, actually, I got from a car lead. When I say a car lead, my vehicle is wrapped in marketing material, and it tells everyone I buy houses. So everywhere I go, I at least get one call. It might be a distraught driver that I cut off, but <laughs> most of the time it's a lead, you know? <laughs> parked in the neighborhood that I buy properties in. So I'm always parked there. Someone calls me. I pretty much picked up a property. It's actually three properties all next to each other. They're all commercially zoned. Someone inherited 12 properties and they gave me these three and I got them under contract from the owner and I'm pretty much wholesaling all three as a package for 550000 but my contract is for five hundred and ten, So I'm clearing about 40000 on that one, and it's supposed to close today or tomorrow. How much did it cost to get your car wrapped? $2,100. How long have you had it wrapped? About two years. Right when I started my business, that was my actually my one of my first investments. And have you got a return on that and then some? Oh my God, I could buy a Bentley from the return. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Prius. But um, so what, what I could do for the loyal listeners that you have is I'll snap a picture of it and I'll post it on my Instagram and I'll give you my Instagram at the end. Yeah, in the show notes, we'll link to your Instagram so that they can just go on over there. I'm not on Instagram. Is there a URL that I can just post and then if they click it, they'll go straight to your Instagram profile? Absolutely, I'll hook you up with a link. All right, cool. All right, well- 2100 bucks. you got the car wrapped, you got these leads, and what are some other ways that have been effective for you to get deals? Well, check this out. 50% of all my deals are coming from the MLS. I've built something like a hedge fund with the 12 investors that I have, and pretty much I spend their money so I can use their LLCs to wrap up properties on the MLS and use the tactics I learned to negotiate those prices to the right price where it's a deal. So 50% of my deals are coming directly from the MLS as fixers on the MLS. Explain to us the process of how you're able to get the deals from the MLS. That's also about relationships. Pretty much calling on a lead on the MLS is something that it maybe has been on the market for a while that needs work and that is not selling or that came back on the market from someone else trying to buy it and falling out. Those are my majority of the leads I grab. And when I do contact those listing agents, I have those listing agents represent me to purchase the property. So that gets them 
kind of in bed with me or kind of as a partner of mine trying to get that property. And then I use the proof of funds. You see, with contracting properties on the MLS, you need a couple of things. There's a couple of back-end paperwork you need. You need a proof of funds to prove that you can purchase the property in cash, which we're doing. And also you need a corporation and some past properties to show that you're in the business and you're serious. Because the agents, as representatives of the sellers, they are trying to get the best buyer in place. So once I've proved and in contract with the property, then comes my four-step strategy of negotiation, which is just a tactic I've put into effort on everything I get into contract. I put it into a process, which is basically get the property under contract. Second step is run an investigation, which is an inspection report. I pay someone to do an inspection, which is about $250. I get a contractor in there to give me a bid, get all that information, and then I write a letter pretty much, which is a negotiation letter is what we call them. It's a letter to the listing agent to provide to the seller, letting them know what we can purchase this property for and the reasons why we are going that to that price. It works more times than none because just getting all the information together, understanding the situation of the seller and providing them with a solution. Mm-hmm. We always want to work with a win-win for everyone, which is the listing agent, the buyer's agent, us, and the seller. And that's how it always works. It's always a win-win. You put a property under contract for about what it's listed at originally? Yeah. I negotiate it as low as possible in the beginning where it's feasible. Usually it just takes a question asking the listing agent, what's the best price I can get this for? And Mm -hmm. they'll let me know a reduction already. So that's the first reduction. Usually can go through three, four reductions and I've gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars off on properties just by doing that process and making great deals for my investors, which are my clients, which then pay me very well. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That's very logical. You might have said this. I might have missed it, so I apologize. When you look at the MLS initially, what type of deals are you looking for? Days on market and what else? The three strategies I look for is they have to need work. They have to have deferred maintenance. They have to be a fixer-upper. That's the first token I need right mm-hmm. there. The next one is multiple days on the market or came back on the market. When I say back on the market, that means someone was trying to purchase it and they fell out of contract for many reasons, whatever it may be. But that also builds motivation with the sellers. So actually work on back on markets and maybe 90 days on market plus, that's a little bit more motivation for that seller to sell for a lower price. And the third way is usually... Stuff that just came on the market that is a fixer and that is listed very low. So I try to make a connection with that listing agent because there's going to be a whole bunch of competition. If I can make that connection and I can make that relationship with that listing agent, even offer, if possible, a back-end listing, which if I can get that property low enough for one of my investors that I acquire for, I can pretty much pull a trigger and give that listing agent that becomes my buyer's agent and make that listing agent a back-end agent, which give her the back-end listing once the property's fixed up. If I get a good enough deal, I can offer that to 
my agent, which then pretty much puts me at the front of the line because sure. I'm offering that agent a lot more money in the future. So not only is that agent going to double up and make maybe five, six percent in the beginning, maybe another three, six percent on the back end after we fix up the property. Mm-hmm. How do you memorialize that with them or is it just your word? It's got to be my word. They try to get it in writing all the time. You got to understand contracts when you do MLS. It's a lot of contracts and it's very difficult in escrow sometimes. There's a lot of hiccups and if you don't have finances behind you, it gets difficult. Also, to tell you the truth, I always do it verbally and there's ways of communicating that and you know, you just always got to stay with your word there's three steps on that process also. I don't know if you have enough time. Yeah, I do. I'd love to hear it. This is good stuff. The three steps on that one is I let the listing agent know I do use back-end buyers to get the property, but I have to get the property at the right number. So that leaves it all open right there to get me the property at the right number. It's anything. So that's one way. Also, I have to have a good relationship with that agent. And I let this agent know all these three things. I let them know. I say, hey, I can give you the back-end listing if we can meet these three qualifications I need. I need you in that area. Do you work in that area? Are you negotiable on your rate that you will charge me? And also, will you be able to get me this at the right price? So if they can meet all three of those requirements, yeah, I'll sign off that they can represent me in the beginning before I purchase that property. But more times than none, they can't even meet all those requirements. They want to make the relationship with me work because I'm giving them the front end listing, which is being my buyer's agent. So usually I'm just going to get the deal done. And 20% of the time I'll give them the back end listing. But that's all if I can get that property at the right price, they're going to pretty much pay for themselves to get that listing. Cause I'm going to get that reduction in the amount that I would be paying them. When you sell it to one of your 12 preferred clients or your high volume clients, are they fixing and flipping? Or are they buying and holding? They're fixing and flipping pretty much 99% of the time. And pretty much I'm buying it for them. I'm pretty much wrapping it up in their LLC, in the one that I know that this is the person's area. I know this is the person's values that he needs. And I'm wrapping it up in that person's LLC. So I'm pretty much doing the acquisition. I'm signing all the documents for these people. I have written authorization on all 12 of them. So I'm very much like a consultant rather than a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I'm purchasing in their names. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now it makes a lot of sense when you said earlier, you're consulting with them because you you are a team member of theirs versus just a, a vendor that's sending them stuff. Correct. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best advice I can give your listeners is if they are a beginner investor and they have not started yet, just confidence, making relationships is what they need to focus on. Just confidence and making relationships. Because that's the beginning of this whole industry and that's how everything is laid out from your relationships and how well you keep them. And then for your investor listeners, never being satisfied. I never give myself a pat on the back. I might sell 10 properties in a month and that doesn't matter. It just gives me a goal for next one. I want 11. So 
I'm never satisfied with my results. I always expect more from myself. And that's what I think investors should do if they want to reach the pinnacle of their success. On the first end of that advice, the confidence thing, how do you recommend building the confidence? Or rather, how did you build the confidence when you got started? It's hard because I'm a shy, introvert person. But I think confidence is something that can be trained. And you can change your whole mindset by reading the right books. I read a lot of psychology books. I read a lot about, and then I tested myself. I put myself in situations that made me uncomfortable until I wasn't uncomfortable anymore. So I'm pretty much more confident definitely today than I was when I first started because of all the situations I put myself in. Well, I'm interested to hear about books and a personal growth situation and i will ask you both in the lightning round are you ready for the best ever lightning round ready let's hit it all right first though a quick word from our best ever partners remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever that's f-u-n-d-t-h-a-t-f-l-i-p.com forward slash best ever it will detail your scope of work help you analyze if the project's profitable and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com. That's I-N-F-O at cashflowninja.com. What's the best ever book you've read? The 48 Laws of Power. Oh, yeah, Robert Greene. Yes, sir. That guy has changed my life. Yes, wonderful. Oh, man, powerful. (laughs) No pun intended, but seriously, that book is just a blueprint for what has worked in the past and what hasn't worked in the past to obtain power. Absolutely, I agree best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it personal growth experience was being mentored i learned how not to do business it changed my life it was a blessing and it was an understanding of how to run a business that's my best personal growth experience group that is what'd you learn for what not to do well i learned how to keep relationships because the person i got mentored by nothing against him he had all the knowledge that made me who i am today but he did things a little differently than I would have done it. He actually lost relationships on every deal. <laughs> so I did the opposite of that, and I think that's what made me so successful. So thanks to my man that mentored me. Best ever deal you've done? And I can give you the best and the easiest deal I've ever done, which was a property I picked up on the MLS for 410000 I didn't even need to negotiate. It was listed correctly. I won the listing agent over. And I purchased it for 410 for one of my investors. And we listed the property without touching it, without fixing it up or nothing. And we relisted it the next day for a for sale by owner by a FISBO. And we sold it for 495 to another investor. So we pretty much cleared 85 on that one. And I made about 35 after fees and everything in a couple of days. So that was my best and easiest deal that I've done in 2016. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Well, at this moment, I give back by mentoring people around me, my friends, 
and helping people around me learn how to get in real estate and also taking care of my family. That's as much as I could do right now until I get to the next step and then I can maybe help more people. What's the biggest mistake you've made in the business? Biggest mistake I've made in this business is, huh, that's a good question because I can't really think of a mistake. Uh, mistake. I can't really think of any mistake. Not doing this sooner, I guess. Not getting into this because I told you I got into real estate at the age of 33 and I'm 36 right now. And I feel like I wasted my whole life just Sorry, I didn't get into it sooner is my answer. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in contact with you? They can get in touch with me through my Instagram, Estate PD, like paid, real estate PD. That's how you can keep up with some of my fixers that I'm doing. Also, you can contact me at Clear Vision Investments on, on my Facebook. It's Clear Vision Investments with an S. Well, Amir, thank you for being on the show, sharing your insight into, I, I, I really love this four-step process for how you approach deals on the MLS. One, get it under contract and negotiate the lowest price. Two, get an inspection report that you pay for, 250 bucks. Three, get a contractor out there. And then four, have a letter written to the seller that you provide through the listing agent on what you can buy it for and why. So you are negotiating down again. Then having an ally with the listing agent, that's critical in this entire process. And you talked about one strategy that you use to give them incentive on the back end. About 20% of the time you mentioned it works. The other time they just are really incentivized to get the deal done. So a lot of really good stuff. I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm sure the best ever listeners do as well. Hope you have a best ever day. And we'll talk to you soon. You too, man. Thanks. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com. That's I-N-F-O at CashflowNinja.com.